1: you are listening to the one good scare podcast with Natalie Zamora and Max Mallow. Hey everyone, welcome back to the one good scare podcast. I'm Natalie Zamora and I'm joined like usual with my co-host Max Mallow and we've got some thoughts with everyone today. Um, this is going to be a review that Straight off the bat we will tell
2: you, won't be a good one. Yeah, we're going to be reviewing the 2021 Mortal Kombat film because, one, it's not really a horror movie. It's more action, uh, but as we mm-hmm. talked about on the show before, Mortal Kombat is horror-adjacent, essentially. The Mortal Kombat video game franchise has a ton of crossover with horror movies and media, and yeah. it was the big blockbuster release, HBO Max, free to stream for everybody, uh, I'm a huge Mortal Kombat video game fan. Natalie watched it as well, and we we're just like, "Do you want to review this?" And I, was, I got some strong <laughs> thoughts. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna tear into this movie a little bit.
1: Yeah, definitely. And as someone that is not a video game person at all, like barely played any video games growing up, um, didn't really have you know cousins or anyone that played them. I'm an only child, so I'm coming at it from a no like past you know nostalgia or anything like that about mortal combat i'm coming at it just as a straight critic so that's why it might get harsh on my end
2: <laughs> fair enough i'm i'm excited to hear your thoughts on it because you know it had not only the appeal of being like okay this is the first mortal combat movie in 20 30 plus years already now um and Huge blockbuster following Godzilla versus Kong on HBO Max. So, Mm -hmm. another one of their big releases. And it did pretty well at the box office, considering that, you know, we're still recovering from the pandemic, of course, as more and more um, states start to open up as vaccines get rolled out. So, as someone who is on the outside of being a a major franchise fan, I'm, I'm very interested to hear your thoughts because, you know, there's a lot of great things on the screen. When it comes to being a fan of the franchise, but in terms of just a movie, because at the end of the day, this is a mm-hmm. movie, and you have to do things when you make a movie, <laughs> they're just wide open for criticism, so I'm really excited to hear your thoughts.
1: Yeah, and we'll get into it, we'll get into our hard news roundup, but first we gotta give a shout out to our sponsor for this episode. So this podcast is brought to you by Danae May and Mindful Health, featuring Danae May's top superfood product from her Earth Echo Foods line, Cacao Bliss. Nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing you're doing something good for your body. For the last eight years, Earth Echo Foods have been a leader in the superfoods market and are proud to have served millions of customers worldwide. So I got my sample of the Cacao Bliss uh Chocolate. It's basically a powder. Smells really good. Tried it this morning. Um, I added it to my coffee with a little bit of almond milk, and it also comes with a milk frother. So I used that too. Made myself a little cacao latte, and it was delicious. I really loved it. Um, so I would definitely recommend this Cacao Bliss product. I think it was really, really good, and I'm glad that I got it. So if anyone listening wants to check it out, um, we are offering 15% off when you use the code MINUTE15 at EarthEchoFoods.com slash Minutemedia. Go over there, get your discount, and check it out.
2: For sure. I am not a big coffee drinker, but mm-hmm. if you're saying chocolate in coffee with the frothing is good, I will definitely give it a shot because I love chocolate. And if this can make me enjoy coffee more, then maybe I can <laughs> kick – my energy drink <laughs> habit as I slowly take a sip of my not-named energy drink product.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was good. Like I was telling you before we started recording, it basically just tasted like hot chocolate, but not super chocolatey. It was like an underlying chocolate taste. I really liked it.
2: Cool. What kind of roast did you have with it? Do you like a dark roast, medium roast? How do you like your coffee?
1: Medium. I have a Keurig, so it was just a, a K-cup that I had. I forget even what brand it is, but medium. Just a just a normal cup
2: of coffee. Nice. Would you say bring it around if you, you know, a couple months from now we're going into Dunkin' and Starbucks again? Just dump some cacao. <laughs> Just cacao your coffee right up there.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'll bring the little bag and be like, can you add this
2: to it? I need my cacao. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. So yeah, co- code <laughs> minute15 at earthechofoods.com minute media, 15% off. A great deal. So let's get into our weekly horror news roundup before the week. As Natalie's really scared of the internet for everything you guys need to know when it comes to horror news. And this first one has me really excited because people will know our, our loyal listeners will know that we are very apprehensive when it comes to rebooting and remaking things. But <laughs> this actually excites me a lot, and I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are on it because uh, a article from Collider has informed us that an American Psycho TV show is and the works at Lionsgate.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited about this. Um, Of course, we don't know who's going to be in it. We don't even know what network it's going to be on as of right now. But American Psycho is a fantastic movie. I think if this is done right with someone in the same realm of christian bale in terms of talent i'm not going to say someone as talented as him because he's my favorite actor no one is as talented as him um but if we get a really great person in there even if it's an unknown person that would be awesome um i think this has so much potential and i'm just curious to see what angle they can take because i think they can make this different enough that it's not just you know a remake i mean it's going to be a TV show, so that's already going to be different enough than a movie. But I think that there's a lot of potential to make this work.
2: For sure. Now, for those who haven't seen American Psycho, obviously, um, the original movie based on the book by Brett Easton Ellis. The book is amazing. Um, starred Christian Bell's Patrick Bateman, this wealthy New York City investment banker um, who just has wild adventures and, and – the wildest sense of the word wild. Um, it's one of the first movies that I watched in college for the, like when I watched it for the first time, I was like, Holy cow. Like it blew my mind. Uh, in I believe it was a film class. I watched it in, uh, or it was like on HBO in my dorm room or something like that. But uh, it's fantastic. It's one of the best movies to meme when it comes to just anything funny, one-liners Things, yes. like, I gotta go return some videotapes, or <laughs> the the whole business card scene. Mm-hmm. I, I when the whole Pokemon card craze was going around last year during COVID, I remember the someone making fun of the business card scene, <laughs> just looking at like Charizards and stuff is so good. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is exciting. Uh, I obviously have a little apprehension when it comes to casting someone to fill the shoes of Christian Bale, essentially. Um, yeah, not like he's just like. Continuing the story, but you know, there's always going to be a comparison to the original Patrick Bateman, so we uh wait anxiously to see who they're going to cast in this movie. And of course, the cast in the original is just like stellar. The, the man, Willem Dafoe, love him absolutely. Uh, Jared Leto, Oscar winner, lead singer of 30 Seconds to Mars. Um, Josh Lucas, Chloe Savigny, just Justin Thoreau, just a, an amazing list of oh, Reese Witherspoon, even. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I'm really excited about this. Normally, we're just like, man, don't remake things. Just do something new. (laughs) But as a TV series, I think this could be really, really interesting.
1: Yeah, I agree. I completely agree.
2: And then the final piece of news here before we get into our Mortal Kombat review is actually a news piece about Mortal Kombat uh, because it did pretty well at the box office, all things considered. Uh, This article from Deadline talked about uh, how it performed at theaters going up against... um, I don't know how much you know about this, but as a big <laughs> anime fan and a recent connoisseur, once again, of the medium, um, the Demon Slayer movie, uh, mm-hmm. Mugen Train also released in theaters. And that movie has all the hype around it. And it's amazing. Uh, I'm going to see it soon. Uh, I'll figure out some way to see it. I don't know if, I, if I'm <laughs> to going into theaters, but yeah, the, um, it felt like a, like a, Pre COVID type of thing. It was like two big blockbusters, how they're going to perform. Um, so, Mortal Kombat pulled in just under 23 million, um, and Demon Slayer pulled in just under 20 million, which is pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, it is really crazy. It says in this deadline article that both films, um, according to ComScore, drove the biggest overall weekend since mid March last year. So, obviously, we know in America that's just when. COVID started ramping up and that's when theaters started shutting down. So this is the biggest weekend that we've had since before COVID. That's insane. I wouldn't have predicted these two movies. It makes sense in retrospect, but I wouldn't have said, you know, these two are going to do it.
2: Yeah. I I knew that Demon Slayer had a ton of hype around it and it, because it wasn't going to have a streaming release that people who, you know, were vaccinated and safe enough to go into movie theaters or, Whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. so much to comment on at this point when it comes to uh, the pandemic, of course. But um, Mortal Kombat had HBO Max. So, like, people had the option to not go into theaters. They could just sit at home, watch it on their TVs. So, um, the interesting thing in the Deadline Mm -hmm. article, too, was that compared to 1995, when the original came out, that movie did 23.2 million. So, it did just under that. Also, considering that it was in the middle of a pandemic, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. draws some uh, some interesting comparisons there. Uh, we will not pretend to know anything about inflation, because we don't. Yeah. Um, but the one thing I will say is I wish the Demon Slayer movie was available for streaming instead of Mortal Kombat, and we'll talk about that once we get into our review. But um, do you, you don't know anything about Demon Slayer, huh? No. <laughs> it, it, it's the hot anime, let me tell you. Kimetsu no Yaiba is the... Uh, the Japanese. Name. It's a, it's a really good show world. too. Yeah. So this is like a, I don't know how, rec- again, I loved anime as a kid, stopped mm-hmm. watching it for years. And now I just recently binged a bunch of them. Um And I think this trend is now they're like releasing seasons. And then instead of doing another season, they're releasing a movie. So that's what okay Demon Slayer has done. Um Dragon Ball Z did it uh before the pandemic. Uh, I believe. My Girlfriend's Brother, that was the last movie he saw before the pandemic started. Um, there's also uh, our coworker James saw the My Hero Academia movie before the pandemic started. He said that was the last movie he saw. So there seems <laughs> to be a, a whole new trend. And um, a TikTok is full of videos of people cosplaying going to the movies.
1: Uh, I'm still not a TikToker. I'm not active on the app. I have it but I I don't use it until someone sends me a video and then it like redirects me to the app and I'm
2: like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't like it. I'm not with apps. the times. I I'll scroll it here now, but, um, or now and then not here now, but you know I don't even like, unless there's one that just like makes me like belly laugh. I'll just be like, yeah, you earned my, the double tap of my finger. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I need to watch uh demon slayer. I think you would like demon slayer. It's, it's like, it's, got some horror elements to it. It, Okay. The animation is gorgeous. Uh, The dub is hilariously terrible. So I would tell you to watch Mm. it in Japanese. What's up? Yeah. I can't say dub. That's fun. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we'll review Demon Slayer. We can trade sometime ever in the future. But yeah, that's our weekly horror news roundup. Let us know what you think about uh, the American psycho TV series in the works. But now it's time to crap all over. Mortal Kombat.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So tell everyone what your initial expectations were. I know you like the original movies, right? Because of nostalgia factors.
2: Yes. So <laughs> quick background on my Mortal Kombat fandom. Uh, yes. My mom played Mortal Kombat when she was uh, younger and she bought it for me when I was a kid. And oh. yes, uh, a six-year-old playing Mortal Kombat is probably not... A good idea, without parental consent and guidance and all that type of stuff. Um, But my mom trusted me, and lo and behold, if that didn't happen, who knows if I would have had a job working in video games in these parts. Who would have known? But um, yeah, I love the Mortal Kombat games. The memories of playing it on my PlayStation and going to arcades and playing it um, or some of the best from my childhood. And when I found out there was a movie, obviously the movie came out when I was two, so I wouldn't have been, had any clue. Um, <laughs> I watched it at like 10 or 11 years old, and I was like, Yo, so cool seeing my like favorite characters that I play in a video game on okay. the screen. Um, Robin Show is in it. It plays uh, Luke Kane, the lead character, who I loved in this other comedy movie I watched a long time ago when I was a kid called Beverly Hills Ninja that had Chris Farley in it. Um, okay. Which is just a super goofy terrible movie looking back on it now but um, I, I, a lot of nostalgia and a lot of hype coming into this movie especially with the trailers that they released because you know it's been what 1995 10 15 um, 26 years since the the first one the the sequel yeah. the sequel to the original is one of the worst movies ever made okay it's terrible. <laughs> Um, some of the worst screenwriting and dialogue I've ever seen. Uh, in in fact, there's a line from that movie that if you YouTube search the worst line in script writing history, it's a <laughs> clip from Mortal Kombat, which I showed you. Yeah, you did. Uh, it's just so bad. Um, but yeah, my, my hype and expectations were at a crazy level, which I should have known before I hit play was going to <laughs> affect my overall v- viewing of the movie because... It's just, it's just going to. That's just the nature of of fandoms.
1: Yeah, yeah. So on on my end, my expectations, like I had high ones, just because I thought the trailer looked really cool, and I thought it was going to be like nonstop gore action, like people getting killed. As I'm saying this out loud, that sounds really bad, but you know what I mean. Um, I thought it was just going to be just like crazy, and you know, visually really nice, and I just thought it was going to be a blockbuster similar to Godzilla vs. Kong, which I had watched uh, whatever weeks ago. Similar to that where it's like the story might be not that good, but it's like fun action scenes that you're like, oh shit, on the edge of your seat type of thing. So I was excited to watch this. And I thought it was going to be, you know, like super dark and I was excited to see if they would lean into horror at all.
2: Yeah, same. Because as we mentioned, there's a lot of tie over with it. Obviously Mortal Kombat is not a horror video game and it's not a horror franchise in any sense, but um, we've talked about it before. There's a lot of crossover with horror characters in Mortal Kombat video games. Um, you know, Freddy Krueger, Jason, uh, the Terminator, etc., cetera, et cetera, the Xenomorphs. There's that connection already there. The blood and the gore allows for that, you know, highway to be connected. And mm-hmm. I love it. I'm always a big fan whenever they do crossovers like that. I just was not expecting this movie to be strictly, it's essentially R-rated for anything, just the violence and the language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's not a dark movie. And one one bit, which is extremely depressing. I agree. Um, and also, you know, the, the casting, I really, really was uh, on board with. Um, Louis Tan, who played Cole Young, the main character, well, Get into Cole Young as a as a Woo! character in Mortal Kombat, but um, yeah, there's a lot of hype around him. Um, Josh Lawson as Kano is by far the best part of the movie in my in my mind. Um, mm-hmm. Tadanobu Asanu plays Lord Raiden, um, is a great actor, so I was excited to see um, how he would portray um, you know the the elder god that everybody loves and knows that is Lord Raiden after Christopher Lambert's iconic portrayal of the character. <laughs> just a massage show of freaks attacked my fighters it's just a terrible terrible screenwriting in 1995 um but you know uh, asano nor uh, notably was um kakihara in ichi the killer which is one of my favorite movies uh, okay um have you seen ichi the killer Mm-mm. Um, and I
1: remember you and I think Brad, who to our listeners is one of our bosses, was telling me to watch it. And I remember I have like a picture of it in my camera roll because I screenshotted it to watch it at some point, And I still haven't.
2: Yeah, you got to watch it. It <laughs> is amazing. Um, Hiroyuki Sanada plays Scorpion uh, or Hanzo Hasashi. And uh, he's notably going to be in Army of the Dead, which I am now really excited to see how he does in Army of the Dead because I thought his portrayal of Scorpion was great we just wanted more scorpion um who else uh Jessica McNamee is I think is really good as Sonya Blade the, Yeah I like her they 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 did some things really really well and they just did other things that are really important not well at all and that'll be talked about a lot in our in our review
1: All right, shall we get into it? I think we've given enough context about what we were expecting, what we were hoping for, and now let's get into what we got, I guess.
2: Yeah, for sure. And something that I will definitely do is I will point (laughs) out things in the movie that they invented for the movie that are not in the video games. So you can give me your thoughts on that because that'll be like an outsider's perspective on does that work in a movie or is it stupid because... You know, doing adding something like that to a popular video game franchise that has no explanation in its original media is sure Mm -hmm. to stir up some controversy if it's not done correctly.
1: Yeah, uh, that makes sense. And I also thought a few parts were just confusing to me. It might just be because I didn't have any prior knowledge. I don't know, but I was a little bit confused at a few parts.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, we'll dive into it. We'll. We will praise the movie where it deserves to be praised, and we will crap on the movie where it deserves to be crapped on.
1: All right, perfect. So before we start, let's take our first quick break, and then we'll be right back and get into it. Okay, so like I was telling you, Max, I think right before we recorded, I really loved the the opening scene. I thought that it was done really well. It was visually nice, and, you know, while I was watching it, I was like, okay, this is exactly what I was looking to get out of
2: this movie. For sure. So the movie opens up, uh, in 17th century Japan and there's, a, a little village just hanging out doing some, some farming and guarding and stuff like that. And, um, this character shows up who we all would assume would be Sub-Zero because it is, it's Bihan, uh, of the Lin Kuei and there's a bunch of assassins. They come, uh, to the village to attack the Shirai Ryu, which is the rival clan, um, Scorpion Sub Zero. You know exactly where this is going, but they're not called Scorpion and Sub Zero at this point. So if you're not a fan of the franchise, you're like, hmm, this is cool. This opening scene is gorgeous. The cinematography is amazing.
1: Yeah, the, that the, was me. The chore- I was like, I don't know
2: who any of these people are, but I'm into it. Yeah, the choreography is amazing. Um mm-hmm. and it's basically setting up this entire scene. Uh Bihan Goes and just slaughters everybody. Essentially, um, freezes Scorpions, or I call him Hanzo in this sense, uh, his wife and daughter. But before they hide their their newborn baby um, under the house under some planks, and yeah, this scene is gorgeous. It does a good job of setting up what's to come. R- uh, Raiden shows up uh, and takes the infant daughter uh, to safety, and you know that's how we get our our opening credits cool letters come across the screen on this Mm -hmm. like forest landscape awesome stuff uh but what was very confusing uh was like sub-zero or bihan is speaking chinese japanese and english all in the same scene yeah i noticed that too and i just had no idea i was like i guess this is part of the plot cool yeah like they don't explain that at all (laughs) that's like okay they don't explain like why like who's japanese, who's chinese, why are yeah. they fighting? why is he speaking english to uh hanzo's family if they don't know english? it's again 17th century japan. um so i don't know. i wasn't like that's at this point for my viewing experience that was too much nitpicking for me. i didn't I, yeah. I thought that was unfair. but um yeah. yeah, that's the opening and at this point i'm on board. i'm like yo, this is amazing. Let's go. This is exactly what I want for a Mortal Kombat movie. Um, some CGI blood.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But I guess that's to be expected. Uh, and looking back on this scene, you can really say, hmm, I bet they blew a big bunch of their budget on this. Yeah. Scene. Yeah. Totally. I agree. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we got this whole whole backdrop, this uh, opening, a uh, cold opening Uh (laughs) Sub-Zero. Anyway, um, and then we get to uh, present day in Earthrealm, and we're in some UFC mixed martial arts type area, and we meet our guy Cole Young, who is a brand new character in the Mortal Kombat universe, not one ever talked about ever before uh, in Mortal Kombat, and uh, he seems to be our, our main protagonist. So what did you think of Cole Young?
1: Yeah, I'm going to say this might be, like, the second or third scene in the movie, but that's when it started to lose me. <laughs> um, I mean, he wasn't offensive or anything, but I think he was kind of just boring. He didn't, like, grip me, and I didn't really it, – it seemed to just be like, all right, this is going to be predictable, right? Like, here we go, and here's kind of, like, the, the dialogue that I didn't want. Like, I didn't care about, like, his mini backstory that they barely explored. I just wanted all of the action to keep going. So this kind of was a drag. I was like, all right, I guess they just need to introduce this guy and say a little bit of like what's going on with him. But I didn't want it.
2: Yeah, me either. Um, He's (laughs) apparently a former MMA champion. You know, we see some promotional images of him with a a title uh, in the background of some scenes and he has a cage fight for like 200 bucks, which I'm like, that's not a lot of money to be risking your life, knowing how much MMA fighters actually make nowadays. Yeah. That's uh, that's pretty crazy. But I guess he's washed up, or however the, the movie explains why he's in the predicament that he's in. Uh, his daughter is in his corner, which was really Yeah, funny. that was so weird. I was like, why is... I, I'm guessing she's like young, young teens. Yeah. Yeah, it's, she looks young. And she's like, uppercut gate And I'm like... Dude, what? It's like, don't you have a coach or anybody else that could... Like, his wife was like, nah, I don't want to watch this. I'm leaving. <laughs> the daughter was like, I'll watch my... I'll watch Dad get his ass kicked. I don't care.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this was really disappointing because it was like, oh, it's just one of those, like, corny action movies, isn't it? Like, just the dialogue was not good. And yeah, little things like that. Like, why would the daughter be there? Yeah. It was just... And he just seemed, like, so angsty and just, like, a typical, like terribly written character that it was it was just no
2: yeah it, it is um it, ver- it very much feels like it's forced from like a hollywood producer board of directors position that's like we need a character that people can relate to and have. yeah things like familial ties and, and <laughs> fighting for your family and yeah and i'm like that's a mortal combat movie i don't need that that was not in the original like it kind—I of, mean, Lou kind of understands that he's fighting for his his community by leaving, but his family is so prevalent in the entire movie and a huge exposition part later on that we'll get into, which I mm-hmm. just ugh, just Hollywood garbage. But you know, we get some backstory on on how Earthrealm is, uh, you know, supposed to battle against Outworld, which is the the bad place where all the, the villains are. Shang Sun, most notably the sorcerer um, that everyone would remember from the franchise and also uh, the first movie. And he is played by Chin um, Han, who people should remember from The Dark Knight as he played Lao. The,
1: oh. Uh,
2: was he like a a businessman or whatever? But all I remember is that the Joker lit all of his money on fire. And shout yeah. out, shout out the, the late, great Heath Ledger.
1: Yeah,
2: I know. I know what you're talking about. Um, but cool. yeah, we get a little bit of outworld, and after you know this whole MMA fight with Cole, which he gets his ass absolutely handed <laughs> to him, just absolutely bodied. Um, a good guy, Mortal Kombat character, finally comes into the scene, and that is Jax, aka Jackson Briggs, um, special forces major, decorated, uh, doesn't have his bionic arms yet which we have mm-hmm. seen. Um, and he's talking to him about uh, birthmarks and stuff like that. And he reveals that they both have a mark essentially of the Mortal Kombat dragon, the insignia everybody knows from the franchise. And I'm like, where are they going with this at this point? Like, this is, <laughs> this is a little silly. Like, yeah, it was silly. I just knew it wasn't going to end well with this plot device that they were using. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they have a little interaction in the locker room. They both go their separate ways. Cole and his family go out to eat, and I was like, uh, "You're starting to lose me, movie." You're starting to lose yeah. me. Um, but then it it caught me again because you get this whole introduction of Sub Zero, Bihan who's now actually become Sub Zero, the the Frost Ninja himself, um, shows up and does this awesome scene where he raids the town um, for reasons. We are told that it's just to kill Earth's champions so that Outworld can merge with Earthrealm and take it over, because in Mortal Kombat lore, Outworld has to win 10 Mortal Kombat tournaments. And they that's how you get the. Do you know any of that? Nope. Yeah, I don't expect you to. Um, but this is why you're here, because you're going to give us a good movie critic perspective um
1: yeah they kept referencing a tournament and i'm like "Hmm, what is this tournament
2: (laughs) yeah well as an anime fan once again now i'll plug it again whenever they do a tournament in anime it gets everybody hyped up so i was like yo tournament mortal Kombat." it's known for the tournament i can't wait to see the tournament little do we know there's no tournament in this movie which is absolutely mind-blowing to me um but yeah we got this whole scene scorpion raids the town um it starts snowing in july Snowing, yeah and everyone's cool yeah very very cool sets the scene very dark um some horror elements here just freezing the ground and having these giant icicles smash the ground and kill a bunch of people uh which was super super cool i really really like this whole bit um but i was watching a review from uh angry joe show on youtube uh, a spoilers discussion and <laughs> They brought up a great point, which is like, he's got to be the crappiest assassin ever because he just <laughs> shows up and it starts to snow. So how is he going <laughs> to do anything in like Texas in July?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Yeah. You can't be smooth. Everyone's like, what the fuck is going on here? And it's like on the lookout for something bad.
2: Right. It's like crap. Sub-Zero's around. We got to get out of here. <laughs> um But we got a bit of a chase scene. Um Jax shows up. I guess he was tailing him um, mm-hmm. following the orders of somebody who we assume is Sonya Blade. Um, and he picks him up in a car, starts driving out of there. And they get cornered in a back alley. Jax gets out. He's like, I'll take care of this. Go find my partner, Sonya Blade. Uh, Indi- Gary, Indiana. I was like, <laughs> "What? why is Sonya Blade in Gary, Indiana? I guess we'll find out. But again, you're starting to lose me, movie. Starting to yeah. lose me. Um, and he pulls out a shotgun and he goes on a Merry trail to find Sub-Zero. Um, but this is one of the best scenes in the movie, uh, the, mm-hmm. the fight between Sub-Zero and Jax. They have an awesome fight in a warehouse. Um, Sub-Zero does that scene from the trailer where he freezes the shotgun blast and it explodes into to frozen particles, which is super awesome. Um, and then we get our first bit of like amazing gore when Sub-Zero grabs both of Jax's arms, he freezes them off and explodes them in a fatality-esque way. And the movie caught me again. It lost me. <laughs> it's not hard to lose me, but it got me. What did you think? Like, this is our first scene of gore. What would you think?
1: Yeah, I thought this scene was really awesome. And I think, like, looking back, I took it for granted. Because I was like, all right, sweet. This is awesome. Like, I kept thinking the stakes were going to, like, get higher and higher. And more stuff like that was going to happen, like, to that extreme and it didn't necessarily so looking back i'm like all right that was actually like one of the best scenes in the movie um but while i was watching it i just expected there to be more of that so took it for granted while watching looking back it was great
2: for sure especially because i <laughs> I, I love sub-zero um not only in the games but in this movie particularly um and i thought Jax was awesome i thought the casting was great mm-hmm. um
1: yeah, McCod he's Brooks,
2: Who plays Jax, who did an awesome job um, portraying the character. So, yeah, he loses his arm. He falls down to, you know, his death, quote unquote, but obviously he's not dead. Um, yeah. And Cole is on the run to Gary, Indiana, to find Sonya Blade. And again, I pose the question, why is Sonya Blade the most badass female in the Mortal Kombat universe, in my opinion, um, especially of Earthrealm? Hiding out in Gary, Indiana. Well, we find out she's there and she's got the best character in the entire movie captive there. Um, And his name is Kano. And so I know Kano's being the the, the mouthy mercenary, yeah. kind of like Deadpool-esque, but not as like cheesy and corny. Um mm-hmm. And from here on out, Whenever Kano is in the, is in a scene in this movie, he absolutely steals the scene and draws my attention to him all the time. Did you like Kano? Did you think at some points I definitely could see people being like, all right, you're talking a little too much, dude. Like you have a lot of dialogue. So what do you think?
1: I thought that he was funny. And I think a lot of times he really just like pushed his luck. Like he was like. Like on the nice a lot when he was just like going on and on and on, but it was fun to be like, Oh my god, dude, like, shut up, like, you're really pushing it right now. Um, so I really liked him, and I do think that there was maybe a little bit too much comedic relief when the gore and action was limited. Like, I wish like there was more action and less jokes, but I did like him as a character.
2: Yeah, I thought. Um, I definitely agree with, with a lot of the points you just made. Uh, it's <laughs> You could see how someone was like, more lines, more dialogue, more mm-hmm. more humor. And he does a great job at delivering the humor. It's just like, we want more gore. And this whole scene yeah. in Indiana um, or plot that arc, however you want to describe it, that plays out um, with Sonya, Cole and Kano is awesome. Um, mm. off, uh Reptile, Shows up, and they have a huge fight, and Kano ends up getting a huge claw mark across his face, and you're wondering, oh, is this how he gets his cybernetic eye? Because, yes, he normally has a cybernetic eye, and he uses a laser beam out of it, but that's coming later. A um, lot of quips back and forth, back and forth. This whole fight with Reptile plays out. He rips the heart out of the that monster. That was cool. Um, just, again... As soon as the movie tries to lose me, it pulls me down.
1: <laughs> yes, that part was awesome. I was like, all right, there we go. This is what I want.
2: Yeah. Um, so that scene was awesome. Before that, Sonya goes into the whole dialogue about tournaments and Mortal Kombat and the the dragon mark and everything like that. So you get all your exposition. You get a cool, gory fight scene once again. And if this was the formula for the rest of the movie, I would have been fine with it. But it's they go off track with this, which is... Interesting. They, they, it feels like they they tried to marvel it up a little bit at some point.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree, and I think too, like every kind of action scene, not like lost me more as they get went on but i think they kind of confused me more as they went on because at one point like towards the end i was like i don't even know like who this person is like of course i knew like cole and sonia like anyone that was a main character but then if a new person came i was like i you lost me like there's no i don't know what's going on here
2: yeah the, the continuity is kind of getting a little lost for the plot at this point um but there's this whole scene about like Obviously, you find out later in the movie, but um, did you know, you didn't know before, and Kano's traditionally a bad guy, right? No. Yeah, so he has this like little bit of an arc of being a good guy, potentially, because Sonya says to pay him $3 million, and they had this whole thing about, yeah, like, oh, I live in this shithole, I can't pay him $3 million. And it's like, yeah, of course I can, or no, I can't, because I live in this shithole. I don't know. Hamming it, hamming it up with the comedy, um, yeah. But the, <laughs> too much dialogue. Way too much. Um, they they go out and they they start to search for uh, Raiden's temple to find out how to defend Earthrealm and everything like that, and and to defeat um, the the enemies of Outworld. Um, mm-hmm. And they're wandering in a desert, and they have this again. Kano just won't stop talking. <laughs> um, Sonya dabbles with the idea of killing him, um, and we. You know, get this whole explanation that if you kill someone with the dragon mark, you inherit the dragon mark, mm-hmm. um, which is not something in the video games one bit. And I okay. thought it was kind of <laughs> silly. Um, it becomes even sillier once they fully explain the whole point of the dragon mark. Um, but Liu Kang, who is the main character of the original movie and one of the, the the main fighters of Earthrealm, shows up in the desert out of nowhere, just appears on the horizon. And I'm just like, oh, it's Liu Kang. What is he doing out here? Um, and I, I just like, where are we going with this? They just decide to throw away however many minutes of plot they had described. And like, just appear in the desert, take them to the places mm-hmm. they got to get there. So that's what happens. Um, he takes them to Raiden's temple. Raiden teaches them about, uh, more about the tournament and now world and earth realm, yada, yada, yada. They get introduced to Kung Lao, uh, who is, uh, loose cousin and, one of Earthrealm's strongest fighters. I thought he was done super well. This movie has a badass entrance with his hat
0: coming Mm -hmm. up out of the Mm -hmm. ground.
2: Um, Awesome stuff. But um, the last point we'll have here before we go into our final break of the episode is this is where the movie really lost me. And if I didn't turn my brain off right here, I would have turned it off. Um, And it's the idea of the dragon mark being a superpower. And the dragon mark lets you unlock something you call your arcana, as they say. You have to find your arcana, and I'm just like, this is a bunch of bullshit. I don't like arcana. It's not something ever explained in Mortal Kombat because I guess some producer was like, you have to tell people why he's shooting fireballs. I'm like, no, you don't. He's just he's able to do that. He can just shoot fireballs. He doesn't need to have some some backstory that gets people emotionally attached to him. Like. Oh, God, you're, you're. what did you think of Arcana, the idea of Arcana? <laughs> it was a little
1: corny, and I think you made a good comparison to, like, they had to, like, marvel it up. Like, this was definitely, like, a typical Marvel plot point of, like, okay, well, here's how you get your powers. Everyone can have powers if they, like, do whatever. Um, so I thought it was a little cheesy because then, like, Cole had to figure out like what he could do, what his power actually was, and I was kind of like, yeah, all right, I guess, but I it wasn't anything like original or interesting.
2: Yeah, and you know, we got the whole training montage about trying to unlock your <laughs> arcana. I'm trying, to like that's how I like Raiden and Liu Kang say it in the movie, arcana, um, and you know, some people you know, I guess they fight and they get stronger and they, they figure it out, or they have some troubling life event and that unlocks their arcana, which we'll find out later in the movie. Um, or you just get belittled and called like a little baby by uh Kung Lao, and that's how Kano unlocks his inner arcana, which is his uh laser beam, his eyeball laser beam, which is again, it's supposed to be cybernetic. That's that's how he gets it. Um, but in this movie it's Arcana, <laughs> I can't stand it. Oh, also, sorry, real quickly before the, the we go to a break, I just yeah. it was like Sonia, you don't have a mark, you can't be here. Just hang out on all the side. I was like, what the
1: yeah, heck? yeah. That whole thing was really weird because it's like she's been with you the whole time. Obviously, she can fight. Like, just I, I didn't understand. I feel like it was like just a continuity thing where they were like, wait, we just introduced that like. The dragon mark is like whatever, and then she doesn't have it, so
2: I guess she can't do it. And it's like, no, shut up. Yeah, Cole's like, no, wait, that she's so dumb. She's been with us this entire journey. She can stay. And it's like, she doesn't have the dragon mark. And I'm like, but Sonya kicks so much more ass than <laughs> everybody in this room. Please, just uh, anyway. Yeah, I have more thoughts on this, but I'll uh, I'll save them for after the break all right perfect so let's take our
1: final quick break and we'll be right back all right what are the
2: thoughts let him go okay so yeah we get more training like i said the the fighters start to figure out their arcana um and from my knowledge it's really only kano because he gets again harassed essentially um Mm -hmm. and and teased by kung lao and and lu kang uh and that unlocks his arcana. Jax is, you know, he gets brought back to Raiden's temple. Uh, he has these little baby mechanical arms, which I thought were really kind of cute and funny.
1: They were, yes, I agree.
2: Um, but, you know, you're like, okay. At, at this point I read from Milo, I was like, alright, his arcana is going to be transforming his arms into big, the the Jax we know and love in Mortal Kombat. Um, and Cole is just, he's having a hard time getting his arcana up. I don't know how else to explain it. Um, he can't, unlock it he's getting his ass kicked um and raiden's like you you're not good enough get out of here and he just leaves and he goes to be with his family and i'm like bro why what are we doing here cole
1: that was so dumb i literally like yelled like why would you go back to your family when obviously they're gonna come there and then now your family's in danger and you're a stupid idiot
2: (laughs) So so stupid. I was like, just <laughs> just honestly, give your give your dragon mark to Sonia, and just I don't know. Raiden can Be write. A, Raiden can write a letter to your family or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, at this point, um, Shao, Shao Kahn. I almost said, not in this movie, unfortunately, people. Um, Shang Tsung, um and his forces arrive at Raiden's temple, and there's a bit of um, betrayal that goes on. Uh, Cabal, who's one of my favorite. Mortal Kombat characters of all time, pro- arguably my favorite, um, shows up randomly in the movie. And I was like, whoa, holy hell, I didn't know Cabal was going <laughs> in this movie. Um, and there he just go. sounds hella cheesy in these scenes. Because he's just, oh, I'll make you, whatever you're getting paid, I'll triple it and then d- double it, quadruple it. And <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? What why, is, what? why is he here? It's just like, at this point, they're just throwing in names and characters to please people
1: fan service.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But not in a good way. Exactly. That's the phrase I was looking for. Thank you. <laughs> um, but Kano turns, he blows up the, the barrier that was protecting Raiden's temple. Um, Shang sub zero Melina, um, who appears and Melina's is awesome. I thought she was done pretty well in this movie. She needed more screen time and more explanation. Uh, yeah. Kind of sucks. She was just, uh, there for fight fodder, essentially. Um, General Reiko, who is a a deep cut when it comes to Mortal Kombat characters, like wh- I was like, whoa, okay. Uh, Natara, who's also a super deep cut, like we're pulling names out of the hat that nobody cares about them getting killed off, <laughs> so they don't return in the next one. Um, Cabal, obviously, like I mentioned, and then the Shokan Prince Goro shows up, and this is right when the movie absolutely pissed me off um the one point where like i turned my brain back on to be like fuck you movie i can't (laughs) believe you did that um but yeah uh if you don't know natalie goro is supposed to be one of the hardest characters to beat in mortal Kombat. one of the most feared characters in mortal Kombat. you can see he's got four arms and a wicked ponytail he's yeah you know He's a badass. Um, he's hilariously defeated in the original by a kick or a punch to the balls by Johnny Cage. Um, ah. But he's supposed to be, like, not on, like, a level of, like, I almost said Thanos, but, you know, just some super badass villain, you know, mm-hmm. that's supposed to cause more trouble than he's worth. Um, it, you know, theoretically speaking, he's supposed to do more damage. Um, mm-hmm. They invade. They invade. You have a whole fight at Raiden's Temple, and Goro shows up at Cole's house in the middle of nowhere. Um, which I was just, again, very confused by. Um, so, let's focus on the temple first, because the temple fight scenes are pretty fucking cool. Um, mm. We get some some bad guys winning, some good guys winning. Uh, we get an awesome fatality from the video games, uh, where Kung Lao throws his hat into the ground, gets to rev up like a, a, a turbine, and just absolutely rides Natara on the, like, just Stands on the back of her, rides her like a surfboard, <laughs> and shoves her into the blade uh, of the hat. Yeah, that was really cool. That was really cool. Super awesome. And again, gore. That's all we want is just more and more gore. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was like it also to be a bit of a pessimist. I was like, we just saw this like how many months ago in Freaky, some guy got cut in half on the yeah, table saw.
1: I immediately thought of that too. I was like, Oh, I remember this exact, not exact, but like a very similar thing happening in a movie we just watched. Um, not really complaining. Cause like, sure. I'll take it. But yeah, I noticed that too.
2: Yeah. I think we're being a little too nitpicky, <laughs> but it was cool yeah. to see that, you know, he goes flawless victory, which is like a famous Mortal Kombat line, yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, we have, um, Jax and Sonya get their asses kicked a little bit, and then that's how Jax unlocks his inner arconic to save Sonya's life under a boulder um, who didn't die or get scathed or anything like that. She was just under a giant boulder the entire time. Yes,
1: I remember being like, wait, so she's obviously dead, right? Like, I'm just like, what is happening here?
2: Very, very confusing. And this is a part that a lot of reviews that I listened to um, had an issue with, was like, it's not dark enough and there's not enough stakes. Like, You're not worried enough about people dying.
1: Oh, yeah. No, not at all. If anything, I wanted them, to just for something more interesting.
2: Yeah, just like random shock value at a point in the movie. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But we get the funniest line of the movie here, um, when Shang Sun decides to step up and take out Kung Lao, and he grabs him, and he starts to um, suck his soul. And (laughs) Cabal, in the corner, just goes, oh, he's about to get his soul sucked. (laughs) And I was like, Whoa Oh my
1: God. Yes. I laughed out loud at that, at that line. And then I also saw like memes about it on Twitter immediately after. And I was like, Oh God, what even,
2: what even was that? Yeah. Just um, <laughs> questionable screenwriting at that point. Um, for my favorite character in the <laughs> franchise to deliver that line. Just, God, <laughs> God damn it. Um, SMH. Yeah. So all things are looking like the, the good guys are gonna lose at the temple. Um and we we also now have to talk about what goes on in uh in Cole's part of the world because Prince Goro shows up and at that point I'm like nah movie. Nah, you're not gonna do this. You're either A not gonna have Goro kill him and his entire family, or B, you're gonna have Cole Young kill Goro, which I <laughs> which is just gonna piss me off. And lo and behold, Cole Young kills Goro and fuck you movie. movie. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Even if we even asked someone who had no prior knowledge, that seemed extremely un like that would never happen. Extremely um, unrealistic. He was struggling so hard the entire time and then killed
2: him. That was it. And there's the whole movie trope of, Oh, his family's in danger. I got to Unlock my arcana. And he yeah. does. And it's. So stupid. What is his arcana? How would you describe his arcana to me?
1: <laughs> like, caring
2: about people. No, yeah, obviously. But, like, what's his, like, his powers? How would you describe his powers?
1: <laughs> oh, the actual powers? I don't even know.
2: <laughs> me either. Someone called it a wicker No, basket. I
1: don't. I don't know. <laughs>
2: Um, I can
1: tell you. Yeah, I thought he, you meant why did he get it? No,
2: no, I, it's it's very obvious why he gets it. It's, oh, my family's in danger. Let me just unlock my Arcana. <laughs> um, yeah, he he gets a super suit. Essentially, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, we're in Marvel now. Yeah, he just. Uh, I think it was. Um, again, angry Joe show. And there was like, he's got a giant wicker basket as a suit and, <laughs> and some batons. Like what, what's going on here? Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, in in his first fight scene uh, in the movie with a bad guy, essentially like a one-on-one time to dance um, foot loose at a barn. He, he kills Prince Goro, which just absolutely pissed me off. Um, Cause all we've seen of this guy in the movie so far is he's getting his ass kicked over and over again. He's just got choked out in the first 10 minutes of the movie by some unknown random yeah. MMA fighter. He's gotten his ass beat trying to unlock his arcana. Um, and now he's unlocked a golden super suit with some batons and he kills <laughs> one of the most badass characters in Mortal Kombat. One of the most like revered villains in the franchise. Um, very easily. And that pissed me off immensely. Um. yeah and up until this point I will now make a note that we have not gotten the Mortal Kombat song once in the movie <laughs> uh, and my patience ran thin at this point I don't know about you
1: I was not looking forward to the song because I, it's not one that I was aware of um, or it's not one that like I literally know what it sounds like of course I know there's a theme song but yeah. I don't know what it sounds like so wasn't or like Yeah, I wasn't expecting it. At this point, though, after that, I was kind of like, I think for the rest of the movie, I was paying attention, but I just did not care at all about anything that was happening.
2: I don't blame you. Not having any knowledge of the Mortal Kombat franchise or any fandom tied to it. I felt the same way, having a ton (laughs) of fandom tied to it. Um, But yeah, Cole kills him, um, gets teleported back to the temple, tries to save the day and then Raiden just randomly takes everybody to what is described as the Void, aka a green screen. Um, And again, some just terrible dialogue here of Cole just being, we have to fight! We have to stand up! Let's (laughs) let's turn it, let's, let's, we gotta even the sides out and fight them on our own, on our own terms. And I'm like, dude, this is corny as hell, Captain America. Like, stop this. It's just, it's just super, super bad dialogue. Um, And we get some explanation that Cole is tied to Scorpion's bloodline or Hanzo Hashishi. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, wait, hold on. Was he the, the baby under the house? Wait, no, that doesn't make any sense. Cause that was 17th century Japan. He's got to be a, some long line of a descendant.
1: <laughs> That's what I thought too. I was like, wait, the little, like the baby in the beginning. And I was like, nope, that nope, nope.
2: Yeah. We definitely both had like a, aha. Oh, wait, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, then, you know, we get, split out into a bunch of singular one-on-one fights. Um we have Jack's taking on General Reiko, we have uh Lou or Lou fighting Cabal, Melina fighting also Lou. I can't remember who exactly they all fight. Um Sonya fights Kano. That's the, the highlight of this whole um fight montage essentially. Um she eventually kills him. With a garden gnome to the eye. <laughs> which is a callback to how he hawked a loogie on a garden gnome outside of her house. An hour ago in the movie. And I'm like, that's your Rolling pay- my eyes." Yeah, that's your payoff. But at this point, Sonya has <laughs> inherited his dragon mark. So now she has her arcana. Um, Finally. Yeah. Uh, Jax absolutely smashes Reiko's head all over the place. More gore. That was good. Very, very cool. Um, now... What I thought they were going to do, which I'll tell you. But so like that's supposed to be like the pit, which is a famous Mortal Kombat level. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a famous fatality where if you uppercut somebody, they fall all the way down to the bottom and get impaled on spikes through their head, through their heart, everything like that. It's supposed to be really gory. But mm-hmm. instead, they just opted to smash his face. Um, so did you you like the face smash?
1: Yeah, I thought that was good. That caught my attention when there was little attention left
2: nice yeah i yeah I, I was like okay cool movie bonus points um then more fighting loose summons a dragon which is cool and i'm like why do you do that in the first place buddy? <laughs> you've got a fire dragon in your back pocket and you just let your cousin die damn dude you let your cousin get his soul sucked <laughs> i'm sorry i just i can't help No, the crap no, um uh, uh, but yeah so anyway uh Sony eventually ends up saving the day to kill Melina as well. She has somehow figured out her arcana in the middle of teleporting um, and (laughs) shoots uh, energy beams, which normally is like a device in the Mortal Kombat games. It's like some high-tech special forces device. Um, Mm -hmm. But in this movie, it's her superpower and her arcana. All right. Yeah. But we get to the climax of the movie, which is the my favorite part overall, I think, um, which is the fight between Cole and Sub-Zero because uh, Sub-Zero has taken Cole's family hostage and has mm-hmm. f- frozen them. for, fr- Freezed. Frozen. He is... Free- uh, <laughs> freezing. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they they stuck to the cage in, in some uh, MMA... In the same MMA warehouse, I guess. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a winter wonderland there. Um, and they are frozen <laughs> to the side of the cage. And there's a, a fight scene... Cole shows up with the superpowers, getting his ass absolutely handed to him, which again, I'm like, okay, so what are the power levels here? Is Goro just some chump and Sub-Zero is the most badass of them all? Cause like as a fan of the franchise, you've established that in the movie, I guess, but not what I know of movie. And I know better than you movie. I'm yeah. a Mortal Kombat fan at the end of the day. <laughs> um, um, but you know, after getting his, uh, special kunai, um, which belong to Hanzo Hasushi. Um Sub Zero's like, Oh, the blade of Hanzo. And I'm like uh Scorpion shows up out of nowhere basically, shoots the spear through him, he goes, Get over here, which is awesome. I'm like, all right, movie, I'm here. Let's do this. Um we got the dun 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 dun, some big orchestral version of it. Uh, huh? and just an awesome fight scene between Sub Zero and Scorpion
1: um yeah this is when i was just getting confused because so they showed scorpion earlier so like i had he was familiar like i knew who he was even if i didn't know who he was but i was just like where why is he here now kind of thing this is where i was like this is cool but i also just don't even know the point to anything anymore
2: yeah the movie does not do a good job of Carrying throughout it, that the Lin Kuei and the Shirai Ryu are two clans that absolutely hate each other. And also, Sub Zero's motivations for killing uh, Hanzo's father at the beginning of the movie are completely unknown. He just shows up and just kills everybody. Um, and then Hanzo shows up because we get these like flashback or uh, like foreshadowing scenes of him somewhere in hell or something like that um, mm-hmm. throughout the movie with Cole. He's getting these premonitions or visions or whatever you want to call them. Um, but he shows up to save the day in this winter wonderland. Uh, there's an awesome fight scene, ton of amazing moves from the video game that play out with, uh, sub zeros ice clone, just, you know, leaving a, an ice clone of himself and shooting backwards and throwing up an ice wall and, uh, sub zero with the spear, of course. And I was, uh, I was fully on board for all this choreography. The actors who played Sub-Zero and Scorpion did an amazing job. The choreography is super on point and mm-hmm. one of the highlights of this movie for sure.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. I think all even I mean, I think almost every fight scene was just really well done. It was just a matter of like this one. I have no ties to these people. I was kind of just done with the movie and waiting for its end.
2: Yeah, well, it's not over yet, because obviously as this fight is going on, Cole is no use to Scorpion and helping him out whatsoever. Um, there's no like team up like Scott Pilgrim and Knives Chow taking on G-Man Graves and Scott Pilgrim. Nah, he's just like, okay, you ninja who just appeared out of nowhere. Yeah, you handle the guy I can't beat. I'm going to go try to chop my family out from this ice <laughs> thing that they're in. And I'm just like, what the hell? Is-? He's just... Just it's like he's got two ice picks and he's just trying to chisel away. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> he's just it's just like if you didn't shoot any of these scenes with him, the movie would have worked completely fine just as it is. Nobody would have known any different if Cole Young was in this movie or not, which is not yeah. a criticism of, of Lewis Tan, you know. Yeah, no. It's just a criticism of Cole Young and, and the fact that these directors and screenwriters did him super dirty with this movie. Um, Agreed. So, Scorpion kicks Sub-Zero's ass. Um, Sub-Zero heats the area up with his fire, burns uh, Sub-Zero pretty much to a crisp, um, and melts his family, essentially, but not Mm -hmm. to to a crisp. Yeah, to a normal. Just enough to to, uh, defrost them, I guess, (laughs) Um, which is... Very confusing, because how long were they frozen there for? They should be dead! Right.
1: Yeah. In in a regular world, they would be.
2: But, like, Hanzo's family was dead for being frozen for what? Five minutes in 17th century Japan? Like, Yeah. What's the explanation here? Global warming kept them alive? I don't think so. (laughs) I don't know. Um, And then, yeah, Scorpion's like, uh, start speaking Japanese to him. And Cole's just standing there, like, okay. <laughs> I'm just like, there's no <laughs> way he understands what he's saying right now. Yeah. Someone's like, oh, no, like he's a descendant. Maybe he understands Japan- Japanese or he took Japanese in high school. And he's like, no, Cole pretty much says, I'm an orphan from the south side of Chicago. Yeah. So, like, just, just standing there as this man <clears throat> is just delivering lines of Japanese to him. And he's like, nice. Cool. <laughs> totally. <laughs> just like, god damn it. Like, what is he doing? Like reading the subtitles off the screen. I was like, yeah, God right. damn it. Oh, just movie, movie, movie. <clears throat> um Yeah, Scorpion shows up, kills him. Uh, saves the day. Thanks, Cole. He leaves. Raiden and the rest of Earth's realm uh shows up at the frozen wonderland. Um, and so does Shang Sun, and there's a little bit of banter. Raiden just banishes Shanks, Tsung. He's like, You talk too much. Goodbye. And I'm like, <laughs> Why the hell didn't you do that in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. He's like, I can't interfere. I can't do this. I can't, you know, meddle with the, the, the tournament, yada, yada, yada. I was like, Well, the same tournament, buddy. And you just banish mm-hmm. somebody from potentially killing Earth's warriors and the rules that they break and they don't follow and just the rules. And, oh, God. Yeah. I've it's all out the window at this point. We got a, f- a final comedic line from Raiden, which is unnecessary. The um, <laughs> world goes back to normal. I guess they're preparing to figure out how to take down earth realm again. Uh, you know, there's a scene of Cole going out to, to Hollywood and to find somebody um, who, uh, so do you know who, did you get who they were alluding to with this or no?
1: No, but I knew it was, like, a big deal.
2: Yeah, so they're alluding to Johnny Cage, whose (laughs) uh, fans were really, really upset that Johnny Cage was not in this movie. Wasn't in this one? Okay. Yeah, very, very upset. Um, And I guess he'll be added in the second one. I assume there's at least three more of these movies coming. Um, and, uh, And that's Mortal Kombat. No, no tournament.
1: This is what I was the most confused about like it was ending and i was like wait they talked about a tournament literally 50 times in this movie and i was like did i miss something like that wasn't the tournament like, none of those scenes were the tournament i was so confused and at that point i was just like it ended so abruptly i was like so no tournament okay
2: yeah it, it would be like avengers infinity war and then just being like <laughs> thanos is coming thanos is coming and then he doesn't show up till the after credit scene. You're like, the hell did I just watch? Um, <laughs> this is essentially a prequel to the tournament, which is annoying because yeah. the tournament is the whole thing that makes Mortal Kombat come together as a plot and draws all the storylines and everything together. It's very easy to understand good versus evil, Outworld, mm. Earthrealm, fight, finish him, fatality, all that stuff that comes along with Mortal Kombat is very easy to follow with a tournament instead they crafted this godforsaken plot um which (laughs)
1: that meant nothing there was nothing here
2: (laughs) they they threw in all these familial plot devices with cole and his family and again no disrespect to lewis tan um
1: yeah um, he was fine
2: he did the best he could i think with what the screenwriters gave him um and it's just very interesting that they decided to like humanize Mortal Kombat with a lot of these aspects and these characters. Like, we can get into our final thoughts now because there's a couple things I want to touch on real quick before we end the episode. Which is one, this whole stigma of turn your brain off. It's a more it's a movie, right? It's Mortal Kombat. Yeah. What would you expect a-, a cohesive movie? I was like, well, no, I expect. Yeah, I mean, I understand that, but also like. I expected a plot.
1: Yeah, agreed. I went into this already seeing a bunch of tweets and like commentary of like, it's a Mortal Kombat movie, it's a video game adaptation. Like why what did you expect kind of thing? So I was like, Oh yeah, duh. It's not gonna be like something groundbreaking. It's gonna be like I thought it was gonna be similar, like I said, Godzilla vs. Kong, like stupid story, but really good action and like you're entertained or whatever. But this was, like, they really, really tried to get a story of there with Cole, and it was just not working. And it wasn't even, like, it was so bad that it was good. Like, it was in the middle of just not – it was bad, but it wasn't so bad that it was good. So it's just, like, no, it was it was not good. And there were not enough good, gory action scenes to justify the story and dialogue being such shit. Like, if every scene was, or every other scene was, like, the opening, cool. That would have been great. But I really did not need this guy's backstory that was so lame and stupid. And at the end of it, I still don't care about him. No offense. I'm not attached to him. Like, I don't care what happens to his family. There is no substance to it.
2: Agreed. That's the worst part of it. Is that after, (laughs) what is it, an hour and 50 minutes, I think the movie is? Uh, it was like, care about this character. And at the end of it, I was like, absolutely not. In fact, I care no. even less now than you want yeah. me to care about him. I just, it wasn't done well. Um, and yeah, like, it's very interesting because I consider this probably the best video game adaptation when it comes to a movie that I've seen mm-hmm. in terms of the characters on screen that are portrayed, um, how authentic they are to the characters and the source material but it's also really bad. Like I love the resident evil <laughs> movies. The resident evil movies are extremely disrespectful to its source material. And I hope that the original or the, the new movie coming out later this year is yeah. more true to the source material, which I really, really want. Um, but like the pluses of this movie, sub zero scorpion, Jax, Sonia, Kano, um, Luke Kang was okay. I like my original Luke Kang more. Um, I didn't like Shang Tsung at all, which sucked. Um, mm-hmm. I said Sub Zero, I said Scorpion. I thought Kung Lao was awesome. I thought Melina needed more screen time. Yeah. Uh, my favorite character was Butchered. What is it? He's getting his soul sucked. I love this part. <laughs> it's like, that would, God damn it. Um, <laughs> Goro, they, they were just like, we need a badass character. Uh, this guy, Goro. Oh, he's got four arms. Holy cow. Yeah, he can lose to Cole. Nah, mm-hmm. that didn't work for me. Um, and then Reiko and Natara are throwaway characters. So, There's some really, really good parts of this movie, but also just some really, really bad parts of this movie. Um, And this whole, again, stigma of like, everyone's a movie critic nowadays. I was like, well, okay, what do you want us to do? Not think critically about the movie? That's how we get people say this is the best movie I've ever seen. Like, no, (laughs) you have to be able to critique things. I liked a lot of things in this movie. I also hated a lot of things in this movie. It's okay to not say, like, or it's okay to say this movie isn't the best thing I've ever seen. Um, yeah, I agree. It's it's like all the people who say oh fake critics are just as bad as people who were like I guess critics. But mm-hmm. I've got a film minor, you've got a film minor. I think we're more than qualified to crap on this movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Anyone who's like I haven't really seen anyone hyping it up, but anyone who is, I mean, I don't know. I don't really know what's going through your head, but. I mean, if you're just being realistic, it's
2: not a good movie. Yeah, our intention is not to, like, shit on a franchise that you love personally, because I love the franchise, too. It's just that there are some good things and there are some bad things. Is it better than the original? Yeah. Mightily. There's a lot of things I still wish from the original were, I guess, canon in this new movie universe they're kind of trying to create. I like the original Liu Kang more. Robin Shue. I love Christopher Lambert and his terrible accent as Raiden, which makes no sense. Um <laughs> but I didn't uh I didn't hate Taranabu uh Asano as as Raiden in this movie. I just think his role is kinda weird. It's just like I can't interfere. I can't do any of this. Unlock your comic cole, get out of here, go back with your family, you useless piece of shit. Oh hey, <laughs> Shanksun, you talk too much. Boom. And <laughs> I was just like, okay, that's his arc. Very cool. Um
1: yeah. It seems like they spent all their money on like the CGI and action rather than the screenwriting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And why are we having Cole fight Goro in a barn? I just, <laughs> or on a farmland, whatever. And Gary in the end, I don't know. Just um, some interesting things. The last time I'll reference angry Joe show review on this podcast, um, <laughs> they informed me that I would not have done this research otherwise um, that um the screenwriters for this movie, one are a complete first-timer, so I understand if he's made some mistakes But the movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I hope he learns from mistakes and writes this one. The next one and does better at it? Um, yeah. But, we're, uh,
1: we're hoping for success. We don't yeah. want people to fail.
2: Right. His name is Greg Russo, um, but I think a lot of people will have an issue with the fact that uh, his screenwriting partner, David Callahan, um, is one of the screenplay writers behind wonder woman 1984 which people absolutely hated
1: Mm, that's interesting yeah so i can't say anything to that because i haven't watched that that one the second one but i heard people hated like the storyline and the dialogue and everything like that so
2: yeah the the comparison they made Mm -hmm. on that review is that they understand why the plot completely lost its feet and lagging towards the end of the movie because same thing happened in wonder woman 1984 it's like oh okay cool burn i appreciate that um but also, James Wan produced this, so...
1: Yeah, I saw that. But, I mean, that's not... He's produced some horror movies that I would say are terrible.
2: Yeah? Like what? Not, go not ahead. saying
1: what
2: I'm going to... The, go the, the Nun? The uh, yeah. Nun? Dead Silence? Do you like Dead Silence? I do like Dead
1: Silence. Ryan and he, he directed that one, right? Uh, I
2: think he actually did. Yeah, he directed and wrote it. Right. Yeah. Um. So... Yeah, alrighty. That's our review of Mortal Kombat. Sorry if we crapped on it too much. It had to be done. Sometimes you just gotta take a crap on things. Um, <laughs> you know, within reason, people. Uh, <laughs> uh, rev- no, uh, review. Number? Out of ten? What are you giving it?
1: Um, Probably a five.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, this is the most solid five I've ever given to any movie.
1: Yeah, I feel confident in this five. It's
2: <laughs> it just average. All the things... If those things I didn't love about this movie weren't in there, this is close to a a three or a two. But it did enough right things to offset the crap.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a solid five. Cool. Well, so anyone listening, let us know what number you would give this movie and any argument as to why you think that it is a really good movie or a solid movie. Whatever you think, make sure to let us know. You can give us a good review on Apple Podcasts, or you can tweet at us. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Natalie's with two A's at the end. Max is at Odd Slice. Let us know what you thought. Challenge our review if you want to, and we'll see everyone next week.
2: Yeah, and I want to thank Natalie as well, um, because you know not a lot of people listen to the full review, but Natalie, you had to sit here and deal with me ranting. So <laughs> I appreciate you for doing that. I hope everybody enjoyed the review. <laughs>